we're going through Hebrews. As we go through this text, stop for a minute. Let's rightly divide the word of truth. I thought about this a moment ago. Stop and, and think about those who have gone before, those that we love, because we still love them, and miss. Think about where they are. They're standing in the presence of the Christ of God, the Savior, the Messiah, in the fullness of His glory. Something we cannot imagine. That is bought in Christ. That is guaranteed in Christ, our surety. That we have the sure mercies of David. That is a true fact. So as we go through this book, rejoice in that knowledge and understand when we talk about temporal salvation and living in this world and the darkness of this world and sin and sorrow and all the things around us, that no matter what happens in this world, when we leave this body, we're with Christ, and there will be a resurrection of the dead, and we shall stand with Christ, body, soul, and spirit through eternity. That's an important thing to know in order to understand the truth of what the Gospel delivers to us. Paul is teaching Jewish men born of the Spirit of God that were translated into the kingdom of God. They've been raised up in the law service. They're suffering those around them who would draw them back into the law service and the justification of themselves by the law. When the Scripture teaches us we're saved by grace. Last week we talked about Moses and we talked about how he was faithful to God. And then we talked about Christ, our Apostle, and high priest, which we profess as we are in the church, as we preach, as we teach. We're baptized. We're not baptized to wash away our sins. We're baptized to show the death, burial, and resurrection of the Son of God. As Moses was faithful in his house as a servant, God said, My servant, Moses. Christ as a son, the Son of God, was faithful in all His house, in all that God commanded Him. He saved past tense, present tense together His people from their sins. This was guaranteed in the covenant of grace which has made the realm of eternity. That is solid. That's delivered to us in the preaching of the Gospel. This knowledge that we may have peace. That our loved ones who manifested Christ in their life are with Him above. And even if we have some we love that did not show that, we're shown by the thief on the cross that every child of God will be born of the Spirit of God before they leave this world, and therefore we still have hope. Okay? 
Now he talked about Christ, and he also, before I move from that, the church of Christ, upon this rock I will build my church. The church is built upon the revelation of the Son of God who manifests God the Father to us. The power of God, the work of God, and all that He did, healing the sick, raising the dead, walking upon the water. They saw Him in Exodus, I believe, 24 in the clouds of the sky upon a work of pavement. The Son of God. Pilate's wife said she saw Him in a vision or a dream riding in a chariot upon the clouds. That's why she told Him, Have thou nothing to do with this just man. God reveals Himself to us in Christ. Verse 6 said, But Christ is the Son over His own house, whose house are we. We made mention here last week of Peter. The stones laid in the church, your stones laid in the foundation of the house of God. The house of God is spiritual habitation of God. The habitation of God through the Spirit that God dwells in each of us. And we're laid stone upon stone until the house of God is finished. And then this world will be no more. And we talked about, as we come down to verse 7, and I think I said here I'd come back this week. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said today, if you will hear His voice. We've already spoken about the surety of Christ. We've already spoken about when Christ was nailed to the cross, He took every elect child of God to the cross with Him. His body became sin for us. When He laid down His life, He suffered the death of the cross, the punishment, the wrath of God for sin on the cross, that debt is paid. That work is finished. Every child of God has eternal life. Now you pray for me. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Godhead, equal in divinity, power, and wisdom with the Father and the Son, as the Holy Ghost says, today, today, this is the Holy Ghost speaking through Paul to these men of the Jewish nation who were born of the Spirit of God. This is the Scripture inspired by the Holy Ghost speaking to you today. It's speaking of this day, this moment, right now, today. If ye will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. We went back to Numbers 14 last week and we talked about when they came to the border of the land of Canaan that Moses could not bring them through. Moses was a type of law, the Levitical priesthood. The law will bring you up to the brink of the promised land. It will not bring you in. Joshua led them in. The word means Savior. The same word as Jesus in the Greek. Joshua would lead them in the promised land. They looked into that land. They sent spies in. Joshua and Caleb, the only two showing the remnant of God who entered the promised land, said we can take this land for God is with us. God will fight 
for us. The Anakites were there from which came Goliath of Gath and where the giants were, and they were men. Don't you ever believe that fable and that mythology, the word myth itself means a lie, that angels mated with the daughters of men and these giants were born unto them. That's not at all possible. The only thing spiritual that can give birth in a human is the Holy Spirit of God. These were men who were giants. They were from the land of Anak. They're spoken of time and time again in the Old Testament. They were flesh and blood. When you face the giants in the world today, those who have so much money and power and try to rule over the earth, globalism, whatever, or you see men in high offices, whether it's in government or even in the so-called church in the world, that are giants in your eyes, you remember their flesh and their blood, just as were the Anakites. And you remember God has all power and all wisdom. And you remember the purpose of God according to the election of grace. And you remember the purpose of God and the church and the world here today to bear witness to the very Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Master, our redemption, our salvation. And you remember that just as these people were in old Israel after they were delivered from the bondage of Egypt, after God parted the Red Sea, even though immediately they made other gods, even though immediately they sought to turn away from this God who had just parted the Red Sea, that even though all the enemies they faced in that land called the wilderness, while they were being, because of their sin, led about, God never forsook them. The shoes on their feet did not wear out, neither did their clothes. And you realize that God is with us today. Paul in 1 Corinthians 10 said, these things are written for our examples that we may know, that we may see, that we may understand. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, today if you will hear His voice, they heard His commandment and they lusted after what was behind. Hast thou brought us out in this wilderness? They had nothing to drink. So God gave them water. They had nothing to eat and fretted and murmured against Moses and murmured against Aaron and murmured against God Himself. God didn't strike them dead. God gave them angel food, manna. Having the manna, now you listen and you understand this. Having the manna sent from above that fed them and nourished them They were not satisfied. They wanted to go back down to Egypt. You notice every time the Bible says returning to Egypt, it says they go back down. And we go down when we return to the things that God took us from. 
They wanted the garlic, the leeks, the onions. So many children of God are led astray this day. They want the entertainment. They want the instruments man created like David who erred. They want doctrine that is false and puts control of their eternal life in their sinful hands. They want to go back to the things that God has taken them from. Today, today, this moment, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts. God help me, I pray, because I I get disgusted and I get angry at the shape of the world. That's my fault and my nature. I fought evil men my entire life. It troubles me to see good people hurt and mistreated and abused and killed, especially children. I have no reason to be bitter. God has saved us. God has delivered us. When we leave this body, we're instantly with the Lord in heaven above to suffer no more, to sin no more, to be tempted and persecuted no more, to be abused no more. Harden not your hearts. Moses goes up on the mountain. 40 days and 40 nights, man is a a creature who wants instant gratification. What happened to Moses? We don't know. He may be up there dead somewhere. They don't know. Moses is with God receiving the tablets of stone that God wrote with His own finger to deliver to them. Their heart was hardened. Do not doubt the Lord God. When we talk about believing in the text that's given us here temporally, or should I say, while we live temporally in this world, we believe in God because God has revealed Himself to us. He's written in His law. He's written Christ on our hearts. He's given us life, the knowledge of God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. That's given. That can't be taken away. When we talk about believing in this temporal world, while we live in the darkness that surrounds us by the hand of Satan, the prince of darkness, from the pits of hell, as a thick smoke trying to cloud the truth, trying to confuse a child of God. When we believe as God teaches us by His Spirit in the Scripture that God is the Creator of heaven and earth, that God is eternal, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He is as eternal as the Father and the Holy Spirit, that He has power over all flesh, that He has already passed tense upon the cross of Calvary, saved every one the Father gave Him. And that they're in heaven in the moral glory where we began today. 
There's quite a comfort in that. There's a saving in that. When we hold to that and we believe that, and when we're not concerned with the things around us, when we don't fall to the fear of maybe there's a world war coming or maybe we're all going to starve to death because shipping is stopped here or the trains are falling off the tracks here or this sickness or disease or whatsoever that scares us. If you live in a big city, maybe it's the crime. I've seen the little old black women live in the projects, live in fear of what was outside their doors around them. We don't have that fear. God delivers us. And we have to cling to that belief in the knowledge of who Christ is while we live in this world. The knowledge of Christ. Peter prayed that we would increase in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. That knowledge that gives us peace which passeth understanding. You catch that? It's past understanding. I don't understand fully how Christ was made flesh. But I know that He was. And I know there was a purpose. And I know that God works that purpose. And Christ in God, all men, all God. That's hard for me to understand, but I know it and I believe it is so. And it gives us grace. It gives us comfort. It gives us peace. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Primarily, this is speaking back to Numbers 14. You can find some of this in the 95th Psalm. God telling them, You shall not enter into the land that I promised unto your fathers because your hearts are hardened and you believe not. They are in unbelief. Don't think I'm contradicting what I just said. Because that belief, if you are a child of God, at some point between conception and death, God will give you life and you will know Christ and that will be there forever. But as we live in this world, they were surrounded. They had this great land that God promised them ahead of them. The grapes so big, two men had to carry the clusters of grapes upon a staff between their shoulders. Milk and honey Pleasures that God blesses His people with beyond measure overflowing. They were afraid to go in. Oh, the fickleness of weak, feeble man. Our children will be a prey. The Anakites, the giants, will kill us and slay us. Their heart was hardened against Moses, against Aaron, and against God. You know, when I was a child, I would hear a preacher say something and was not fully aware of a lot of things at that time, and it would step on my toes and make me uncomfortable, and maybe I'd be a little bit angry about it. I don't want to hear that. 
You know, the older we get and the more we grow in grace and the knowledge of God, I like to hear those things now because they teach me that I am a sinner without hope, without purpose, morally bankrupt, without the grace of God. And I'm thankful to know that now. If I get angry about it now, I get angry because I am what I am in nature by mine own self. And God saved me from it. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years, 40 is the time of judgment. God made those walk through the wilderness until the bodies of those 20 years old and upward fell in the wilderness. They would not come into the promised land because of unbelief. Satan walks around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Do not let him deceive you. Our God is God of heaven and earth. The earth is His footstool. He sits upon the circumference of the earth through all the millions and billions of stars and planets and galaxies that men are just now beginning to see and understand by using things that God gave them the knowledge to build. All the glory of God is manifested and God is beyond that. That's the God who loves you. That's the God who died for you and raised up. That's the God who will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, not in heaven nor immortal glory and not in this sin-cursed earth either. Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. In the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation. I'm going to say this. I'm going to draw some flat from it. But I'm going to say it. We've tried to kill ourselves as the church of God for many years. Since the split in the 1830s, because they held to it, we turned against it. Some of the things we turned against were truth. We wonder why the church today is shutting doors. Well, it's not God's fault. It belongs to us. We have refused to preach the Gospel. We have refused to teach the message of the Scripture to those we daily con- come in contact with. We have refused to share Christ. The natural man receiveth not the things of God. And we know that. God uses the Gospel to call His born again children to the church and conversion. If we're not preaching it, then we're going to suffer. If we're not doing as commanded and living it and manifesting it in our life, then we're going to suffer. If we're not teaching our children, then we're going to suffer. You can't manufacture children of God, but God uses the Gospel to call His children to the church and to conversion. 
Now I say this. I say this. You accept this in love, I hope. That generation of hardness is dying away because men grow old and pass. May God have mercy and send us ministers who will preach the Gospel in the fullness of the truth of God. That is not meant to be offensive. That is a fact. Wherefore I was grieved in that gen- with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known My ways. They walked with God in God's people in the congregation of Israel as they were made to wander through the wilderness. They were fed. They were watered. Their clothing was there. They were kept safe. God led them. Yet they still believed not. Again, again, the natural man receiveth not the things of God. If I get to it today, we'll talk about that. Because they were not all promised to perish in the wilderness. Not all of them that were with Moses, just the ones who stood in unbelief. Child, this is given as an example that we who God has brought here translated, we didn't do this, the Lord did, translated us into the kingdom of God. That we stand with God. That we stand with Christ. He's going to say that in just a moment. These people, they do always earn their heart and have not known my way, so I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. There is a rest today for the children of God. We'll get into that further on in the chapter. We have a rest. We rest in the finished work of Christ. I'll give you a head start to the next chapter. The finished work of Christ. That salvation is paid for, guaranteed, assured to a child of God. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. The Bible teaches us there are things in Scripture that are worse for us than others. And I'll put this in my words. If you don't like it, then blame me. But, there are things called abominations. The things that God says are abominations are bad for us. They'll destroy a family. They'll destroy a church. They will destroy society. And there are other things that are sin, all the way down to telling a lie or having lust in your heart. That's all sin. That's our condition in which we live. But the worst, the worst sin is unbelief of God. Satan seeks to devour by causing you to fear by causing you to doubt, by causing you to wonder, to wonder 
If God is God, if Christ is God, if God is able, did God make these promises? Making you wonder. Making you doubt. Unbelief. Those people in the wilderness were made to die in the wilderness because of unbelief. Satan desires to take you and give you misery and have you depart from the kingdom of God here in this world by unbelief. So he says, exhort one another daily. What do you mean? I'm supposed to do something? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't come in and sit on the, as the old timers used to say, the, the bench of do nothing. We have a work to do. We have a work to do. Steve has gone down to Coosa River today to preach to those people because that's part of his work. He helps people that are in need. Well, he's a preacher, okay? Okay? Does that mean the Bible does not tell us in Deuteronomy, speaking to the men, thou shalt diligently teach these things to thy sons and thy sons' sons? Does not Paul tell us in the New Testament that a mother, a woman, is to teach the children? He's not talking about math and algebra and trigonometry and English. He's talking about teaching them how to live in Christ and teaching them about the things of God. You want to look at the society and how so many are out of the kingdom of God and the world is crumbling around us because we have not done what the Lord's commanded us to do and we're perishing. Exhort one another. Steve called me the other night and we talked an hour. I was exhorted, felt like I was on cloud nine because my brother thought enough of me to call me. Back when I was working in the 90's, I'd go to Bethlehem every Sunday morning and be with those people. And sometimes during the week when I would be preparing to go to work and I was dreading going into that conflict, wasn't scared of nothing, you understand that. But I dreaded to walk through that. My brother Tim McCoo would call me and we'd talk an hour. He exhorted me. I felt better. I felt refreshed. I felt like, Lord, thank You for my brethren and sisters. Thank You for that word of exhortation. Thank You for the fellowship and the strength that we have. Exhort one another daily while it is called today, now, this moment, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Exhort one another. Say to your brother the words of Christ. Say to your brother, I love you, I pray for you daily. Let them know, or your sister. Exhort. Let them know you pray for them. Pray with them. Exhort. Talk about Jesus. One another. Daily. While it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made, catch that, 
partakers. Christ was made flesh. We are made partakers of Christ. He bore our flesh and our blood in the likeness of sinful flesh, yet without sin. We are made partakers of Christ. Don't let Satan deceive you that the sky is falling, the world is going to end. You know what I say to that? Hallelujah! Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Cause the sky to fall into this world. Take thy children home. We've got no fear. We've got deliverance. We've got glory. We'll see Christ. For we are made partakers of Christ. You watch this. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Now, first of all, if we hold it steadfast to the end, it is manifested in us. It is evidence that we are the sons of God. But let's go a little deeper. The closer we walk with Christ in this world. James said, draw nigh unto God and God will draw nigh unto thee. While we're living in this world of darkness, while governments are hating God, governments are trying to turn their nations against God all around this world. My entertainment industries and news channels are trying to turn you against God and having their program propaganda pushed to you each and every day while the world appears to get in, to be getting darker and darker. It's not going to get any better. Keep the knowledge. Cling to the knowledge. Draw nigh unto God. Hold fast the beginning of our confidence. Stand in Christ. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek to follow after the Lord. That begins at home. That begins with prayer. That begins in the family. That brings us to the church. That brings us to worship. That brings us to prayer in the assembly and the singing of hymns and sitting under the sound of the gospel and fellowshipping with one another in Christ. Hold it fast, steadfast unto the end. While it is said today, right now, this minute, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. They did not believe what God had said. And let's go farther than that. They'd seen the Red Sea parted. They didn't believe the God who what they saw when He parted the Red Sea. They didn't believe that that pillar of fire that went before them by night to show them the way. They didn't believe that was Christ. That pillar of a cloud that was with them in the day. They didn't believe that was God. It's their evidence. A man that cannot see through a stepladder could see that, yet they believed it not. That rock that followed them, a rock don't move, that was Christ and gave them water, and they believed not. 
provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, those who stood in disbelief. I said that last week. Let's say it again. Of all the nation of Israel, there were two men, Caleb and Joshua, who believed God and sought to go in to the promised land, declaring to Israel, we can take this land. It is our land. God hath given it to us. God delivers it to us. God will fight for us. God will protect us. God will provide for us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Two. Two people. And the whole nation other than Moses. And Moses wasn't coming into the land. Brethren, that is a remnant. You today are part of that remnant. You love God because God first loved you. God worked a work within you, for it is God which worketh in you both to dwell and to do of His good pleasure. God sustains you. God teaches you. God cares for you. God blesses you. And it's all in Christ. The remnant. You stand among the remnant of the children of God. Do I want to see churches grow? Most certainly. I pray every day several times, Lord, to revive Thy people. And revive Ebenezer, if it be Thy will, in this time of apostasy and falling away. Sustain Thy church. Sustain this church. Bless everyone there. Call them by name when you pray. There's not many of us. It's not hard to do. Send us disciples. Send us members who will treasure the kingdom of God as a pearl of great price and sell all that we have to possess this land for the glory, for the glory of Thy Son. I want to see the church prosper and grow. But if God sends us Ten members in the next six months, we will still be the remnant. We do not understand and cannot see how many of God's children are upon this earth. Many not yet born of the Spirit of God. Many born of the Spirit of God and carried away through deception of Satan of these great congregations who promise prosperity and wealth. Many believing that they can save themselves and therefore do not need the Christ of God. God forbid. My point is we do not know how many people God has on this earth. Sometimes I ask the Lord when in prayer late at night, are there not any of Thy people that Thou would preserve in the kingdom of God, in this world, in the church, left 
in Shelby County, left in Sterrett, left in Westover. Lord, are there not one? Is there not one? Are there not two or three that Thou would bless to come into the kingdom of God? If it be Thy will, revive us. But we're still a remnant. Do we pray for those that left? That God would bring them back? He brought me back. He brought me back on my knees seeking peace. And this is the only place to find it. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom he was grieved forty years, was it not with them that had sinned? We're all sinners. What was the sin, brethren? Unbelief. Was it Bartimus, the blind man? Was it him that said, Lord, help thou mine unbelief? Catch the situation. Read the text. He knows this is the Son of David. He knows this is the Christ. He's asking Him for help. Give me my sight. But yet still, He's in flesh. Help thou. Mine unbelief. Let he that standeth take heed lest he fall. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned? Whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? How many children of God in this world, their carcasses fall outside the kingdom of God? We cannot manufacture children of God. The Lord adds daily such as should be saved but has already been brought out in this text when we are doing the things that God has commanded us to do as in teaching our children, husbands, loving wives, there's a bottom line. You remember God made covenant with Adam, not Eve. It's our responsibility. And worshiping and sharing with Christ with others. How many fall in the wilderness that perhaps had we prayed for would have come into the church? Perhaps if we'd reached out to would have come in the church because God worked through us. We are vessels. That's the first sermon I ever heard Steve Milder preach at Vestavia in about 1994. We are the vessel of God. Instruments that God uses to declare His glory. God sent preachers to preach the Gospel and sent the Gospel to draw you to the obtaining of the glory of Jesus Christ. That's conversion in the church of God. And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. So we see that they, those who perished, could not enter in 
because of unbelief. Now, you certainly have picked up through this context that we all, by the nature of our flesh, have unbelief. We all stand in times where we doubt God. Now, I'm going to tell you, it's all right to doubt yourself because I doubt myself all the time. I hope that's okay. But don't you ever doubt God and don't doubt what God has done with you. You are a child of God if you love God. You are born of the Spirit. God has given you the Spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Dwell in that. Dwell in that. And we'll begin this chapter and come back to it next week. Let us, therefore, fear. Yes, that's what the Scripture says. Fear eternal hell and damnation? No. I'm going to tell you, there's folks that say you don't have any assurance. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. And I'm going to read this if I can find it quick enough to just show you in the Word of God our assurance. First of all, it is finished, and that was the work upon the cross of Calvary. But Jesus Himself said, Did I write unto you these things? Have I written unto you? This is 1 John 5 and 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know. You understand that? When they went away from Christ, there's a hard saying, John chapter 6. He's the bread of life. We eat flesh, drink His blood. It's a hard saying. Who can receive it? Peter said, We know. You catch that? We know. Brethren, God has written it upon your heart. You know that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. John said, These things have been written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God He's saying the same thing over here. You believe on God because He's given you life. You know that He's the Son of God. You know that He's the Christ of God. You know He's God manifest in the flesh. You know He's the second person of the Godhead. God reveals this unto you that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may cling to God in this world, turning aside from all the things the world throws at you and know that Christ is with you. Let us therefore fear. Fear what? Fear that we would be led to a state of unbelief. Fear that our heart would turn away from God. For we are but flesh. We are but flesh. Mortal, timid creatures. Repeating the words again. A worm. Dirt inside and dirt outside. Skin and intestines. All made from the earth. Let us therefore fear. 
lest a promise being left us of entering to His rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Okay, we're going to close with this and come back probably. God created all things. They found a new species in Brazil. No, they didn't. They found one they've never seen. For creation was finished in six days. Everything was made was made in six days. And on the seventh day, God rested because His work of creation was finished. The Jews worshipped on the seventh day of the week. That is Saturday. God gave it to them as a day of rest. They were to do no work. We have a rest in this church. I'm speaking of the church of God. Christ. The revelation of Christ. It's delivered unto us. We see it by faith that Christ finished the work God the Father gave Him to do. That we all know that we have eternal life. We do not have the fear of eternal damnation. We stand in belief of the Son of God. And therefore we have rest unto our souls. Matthew 11, Come unto me, ye that labor and are heavy laden. If you labor and you're heavy laden, then it's evidence you're already born of God. And I will give you rest unto your souls. Man, what a kingdom we have. Let's close and have conference.